All right. Well, excited to be here with you guys today. If we haven't met, my name is Stephen, and I'm one of the pastors here at New Denver. And in fact, after this week, I'm going to be the only pastor at New Denver for a little while. Um, my joke the last few weeks has been two of the three pastors at New Denver um, are going to be on sabbatical this summer, uh, and I'm not one of them. So, um, so it'll be me and the rest of the staff kind of holding things down. Emily went on sabbatical last week, so she just completed her first week, and then uh, Norton will start after this week. Uh, so he'll be gone after, after today. So you might want to say uh, farewells to him and to his family, um, for, and we'll send them at the end of the service. But I'm excited for all the rest of us who will be here this summer uh, about what's going on. A number of things. First of all, as Norton said, there's, I think there's a lot of excitement for all of us about sort of some new form of normal coming and seeing, looking out and seeing full faces today is a, is a really exciting thing. And we're glad for warm weather to be coming about. And we're going to create some opportunities through New Denver to connect with one another. We've got a movie night coming up in a couple of weeks. We'll do some park days along the way. Uh, but I'm really excited about those opportunities just to make up for lost time, to see people that we haven't seen for a while and to develop uh, ongoing relationships with many of you who've even come in during the pandemic. So we're excited about that. And we're starting a new series today, a series that will take us through this summer. And to begin the series today, I want to start with a question. This was the motivating question for, um, for me in terms of thinking about what I wanted us to talk about this summer uh, while Norton and Emily were gone. And it's this, are there times in your life where you face difficult decisions or difficult circumstances where you are unsure what to do? Are there times or situations or circumstances where life brings you something, something happens, or you're just going through the course of your everyday life and it, you're just not sure which way to go. You're not sure what to do. And of course, let me just let you in on the secret. Like, of course, the answer to this is yes for everyone. If you feel like you are the only one, you're not. It doesn't matter how old you are or young you are. It doesn't matter rich or poor, male or female. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It is a part of the human experience that we all face challenging situations and circumstances every single day of our lives that we're not sure what to do with. As I think back about my own life and my journey, I can look back and see how those challenges and questions have changed over time, but they've never fully gone away. When I think back to when I was a teenager, when I was Ellery's age or my kid's age, um, there were big questions that I was asking. Who, who am I? Like, like, who am I and where do I fit? Like, who are, who are my friends? Who are really my friends? Where do I fit in? And, and what am I going to do? What's my contribution going to be in the world? What will I study if I go to school? And, and if I don't, what will I do? And what kind of work will I do? All of those are big questions um, that I was asking at the time. In some form or another, I'm still asking some of those questions today. As life moves on, you, you answer some of those, but new questions arise, right? Like you, you make choices and decisions and your se the season of your life, the situations of your life change. You get in a job, you make a choice, you're in a career, and then it becomes the question of, am I in the right career? Am I doing the right thing? Maybe you, you don't enjoy your job and you're not really sure about what you should do about it. Sh should, it should I commit my life to another person? Should I get married? Should we have kids? 
And all of those choices and decisions lead us to new choices and decisions. And often it gets more complex because your life isn't just about you anymore. Your choices aren't just affecting you anymore. You have kids and suddenly you're navigating them through choices and decisions that are unclear and uncertain. And you're just thinking, oh my gosh, I don't want to screw up their life. uh, And I want to help them get through these decisions, but I'm not sure how to help them. Their life, their world, their reality is so much different than what life was like when I was a kid. I don't even know what it looks like to make a decision in that situation. And even in your work, maybe there was a point in time in your career where your work only affected you and you were worried about growing your career, but at some point you become a manager or maybe you're the owner of a business or a leader of a church and your choices and your decisions affect a lot of people and you feel the weight of wanting to make good choices and good decisions. Yes, in every season of our life, we need to be able to make choices and decisions. And if all of that wasn't hard enough, that's just normal life stuff. That doesn't even count the reality that the world keeps throwing new and challenging and difficult circumstances at us every single day. We have climate change, We have political strife that changes. I mean, we're back to Palestinians versus the Israelis again and the uncertainty in the Middle East again. We're we're still struggling through how to make choices and decisions related to racial reconciliation in our country. And oh, by the way, global worldwide pandemic. Okay, so we had no playbook for what that was going to look like. And all of those situations, all of those things, and all of them, we need the same thing. You and I, We all need wisdom. We need wisdom. What is wisdom? Here's a good definition. I think wisdom is using the information and knowledge available to us to make sound decisions and discern the best choices in any circumstances. We all need that, right? We all face situations and circumstances where we're not sure what to do. But let me unpack this definition a little bit because it, there is a sense of understanding what wisdom is about before we can start to ask, how do we go about getting it? So I want to begin um, with a picture of the most fundamental kind of information. Um, we'll just call it data. So data is just raw information without any context. If I gave you a series of 10-digit numbers, you would have no idea what those numbers were about unless I gave you some, some sense of context. And that's where that data becomes information. So if I were to tell you those 10-digit numbers are phone numbers, well, now you begin to have a sense of, of meaning around that information. Same with characters, scribbles on a page. You could look at them and just think that they were just random scribbles, unless I told you that each individual one was a character, which, had a, which was part of a larger group, and the individual characters were called letters, and the larger group was called an alphabet. Each one has a sound that goes along with it. Suddenly, that is, information starts to become more helpful, but we're still not putting that information into action yet. And that's where knowledge comes into play. So 10-digit numbers are great, not really that helpful. Knowing that they're phone numbers, also not helpful unless you know how to use a phone. To be able to text message someone, to operate a phone, to be able to, now suddenly that information is actionable and useful to be able to do something, to contact people. If you have a series of characters that you know are letters and you know that there are, that there are sounds associated with them, now you can start to put them together to make words and form thoughts and communicate to other people but we're still at the place of information and knowledge, but we still need more than that, right? 
we still need to know what to do with all that because we live in a time where we have more information, more knowledge than any other human beings in history. Through these little devices that we're carrying around in our our pockets, we can access pretty much all of the information, all of the knowledge that has been accumulated throughout human history. And yet, it's not that helpful to go to Google and ask, who am I? What should I do for a living? Should I marry this person or not marry that person? Because information and knowledge is not enough to be able to answer that. We need wisdom. We need wisdom to be able to make sense of all of the information and all the knowledge. Wisdom draws us to look at a larger frame. It's not just choosing any path through. It's thinking about a wider frame to ask, what are my deeper sense of values and commitments? What do I believe is real and true? And how do I make decisions based on that? How do I make decisions that take into account not just what I need or what I want, but maybe other people as well? How do I make choices and decisions not just to fix whatever problem is in front of me at the moment, but how do I make decisions that are going to impact next week, next month, 10 years from now? That's where it starts to get really, really complicated, and we all need wisdom to face the challenges and the difficulties that we face, regardless of where you are in life. Now, there is another use of information and knowledge. When you take information and knowledge and you see something that's not there, We have a picture of that. That's called conspiracy theory. And we need less conspiracy theory and we need more wisdom today. We need to look at a set of situations and not see something that's imaginary, but see what's real, what's true. And so how do we go about doing that? How do we go about pursuing wisdom? That's the question we're asking this summer. And we're gonna be guided on that journey to seek wisdom and to discover how do we find it? How do we get more of it? How do we accumulate it? How do we apply it into our lives through a guidebook in the Bible called the book of Proverbs? Proverbs is an interesting little book. We're gonna go through it over the next 12 weeks, but it's an interesting book. It's actually more of a compilation um, than it is a single book. It was written by, by several authors over a large period of time. The oldest sections of the book go back all the way to 700 BC, so it's nearly 3,000 years old. Um, and it is a, a collection mostly of sayings, proverbs, which a proverb, we have a definition for that. So what is a proverb? A proverb is a simple concrete traditional saying that expresses a perceived truth based on common sense or experience. So most of the book, large sections of the book are just these repeated one-liners, these little insights into the way the world works. And a lot of them have, have actually crept their way into um, uh, you know, kind of the public lexicon and understanding about, about the world. They've, they've just become a part of our common vernacular. Um, And the book of Proverbs is not the only source of that proverbial wisdom that has just become a part of our culture and society. There's lots of other sources as well out there, lots of other people who've written um, sayings trying to capture uh, the essence of wisdom or wise thinking. And a lot of those actually get attributed to the Bible a lot. A lot of people think those sayings that are really popular come from the Bible, when in fact, um, often they don't. And so I thought it might be fun to give you guys a little quiz today. We're gonna play a game. And the game is called Bible or Not the Bible. I'm gonna share some Proverbs with you, and I want you to just shout out whether you think that comes from the Bible or not the Bible. So we're gonna start, we'll start with an easy one. Okay, we're gonna begin with this one. Okay, as iron 
sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Bible or not the Bible? Okay, you guys are like Bible scholars. Bible, yes, that is the Bible. Uh, That's from Proverbs. That's one of the verses that's in the book that we're taking a look at this summer, Proverbs 27, 17. Okay, how about this one? This is a really popular one. God helps those who help themselves. Not the Bible. Not in the Bible. You guys are so smart. You guys are nailing it. You're way better than the 830 service. So that actually... That actually comes from, um, it's an ancient Greek proverb, which actually in its, the original Greek was the gods help those who help themselves. So Zeus and Athena and ancient Greek mythology and actually made its way into Aesop's fables. There are several of his fables that were written based on that, that proverb. Okay, let's try another one. <clears throat> Never leave that till tomorrow, which you can do today. Bible or not the Bible. Not a lot of consensus. We're not really sure on this one. Bible? Not the Bible. This is actually from the greatest source of American proverbial wisdom, Benjamin Franklin. Ben Franklin wrote this one. So uh, you may not know this, but Ben Franklin was, was, I don't know if this was a hobby or an obsession or what, but he loved to write proverbs. He captured um, all of these, um, again, short, concise um, brief sayings that really captured um, some wise ways of thinking, and, and he published them in books. One of them was called Poor Richard's Almanac. Uh, and we're not really sure what his faith perspective was, uh, but he did have this interesting one that I had never heard before. He also wrote, uh, How many observe Christ's birthday, Christmas, um, how few his precepts. Oh, tis easier to keep the holidays than commandments. <laughs> I thought that one. Well, that was pretty funny. So he, he had a lot of great ones, but that is definitely not in the Bible. One more, last one. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Bible, oh, you guys are like on it. Okay, you only stumped you on one. That's good. Yeah, that is in the Bible. Also the book of Proverbs, chapter 15, verse one. <clears throat> okay, my point in this is there are a lot of sources of wisdom, a lot of proverbial sayings, a lot of smart people have captured their thoughts over time and written it down. Why are we going to Proverbs? Why wouldn't we broaden our perspective to say, let's go see what the collected wisdom of humanity could give us? Like, what if we looked at at different traditions or different ways of thinking? Maybe we could bring in some good wisdom. Why are we looking at the book of Proverbs? Well, I want to start today at the very beginning of the, ser- at the series of a- answering that question and also setting up the context for the journey, pursuing wisdom that we're going to be on this summer. And to do that, I want to go to the book of Proverbs right to the very beginning to chapter one, verse one. And if you want to follow along, if you have a Bible app, you can. Proverbs chapter one, verse one, where the writer or maybe more appropriately, the editor, the one who's compiling together these collections of wisdom and wisdom sayings, begins this way. He says, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. So right off the bat, he's introducing this section of the book is wisdom that comes from Solomon. So who's Solomon? If you're not not familiar with the Bible, Solomon was a pretty prominent 
person in the history of Israel. He was a king, a son of King David, who was probably the most famous king in all of Israel. Uh, Solomon did some remarkable things. Um, He did some good things, some not great things. Uh, He built the temple, the first temple uh, in Jerusalem. Uh, He was a a good king in some ways, a not great king in other ways. But the one thing that's unique about Solomon, why he gets to lead off in the collection of of wisdom sayings and, and, and proverbial wisdom in the book of Proverbs is that there's a story that comes from the Old Testament where Solomon had an encounter with God through a dream. And in the dream, Solomon recounts that he encountered God and God offered him, made him an offer. He said, Solomon, I wanna help you. If you, whatever you ask of me, I will grant it. So whatever you want, just let me know. And Solomon said, well, I'm young and I'm inexperienced. I don't know enough to be a good leader. Give me wisdom. And God was impressed by this and said, because you didn't ask for wealth or power or women or fame, I'm going to give you wisdom and I'm gonna give you all that other stuff as well. And so Solomon is one of the, the most powerful, um, most wealthy, accumulated wealth, did bi- huge building projects, um, but he was also known as the wisest person to ever live. And so Solomon's wisdom gets to lead off in this book. So while later sections of the book will get introduced to other people, other people who contribute wisdom to this collection, we're gonna begin by rooting it in the most famous person as it relates to wisdom in, in the history of Israel. And the editor continues by giving us the purpose for this book. Here's why he's putting this collection together. <clears throat> for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and the riddles of the wise. So right here at the beginning of the book, he's answering the question that we come in asking. How do we find wisdom? How do we make decisions in these difficult circumstances in our life? And the author is saying, if you're a person who recognizes your need for wisdom, you've come to the right place. The book of Proverbs is a great place to start. If you're struggling in the process of understanding how to make complicated decisions in a way that is wise, that incorporates wisdom, that has a broader frame, a broader perspective, that aligns with your values, that aligns with what's true and real, then you've come to the right place seeking wisdom. So how do we do that? So how do we go about doing it? What is the way that we do that? And this is where the book of Proverbs sets itself apart and sets a stake in the ground right at the beginning of the book. Because the next verse does not say, here's how you gain wisdom. You go read through all of these concise sayings and you just take them all in and you memorize them. And in whatever situation you're in, you just apply that wisdom. That is not what the author says. And this is what sets the book of Proverbs apart. If you've tuned out or if you zoned out a little bit, dial back in. This is the most important thing that I'm gonna tell you today because this is how the Bible thinks about wisdom. The next verse, verse seven, the author says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The first step in attaining knowledge, true understanding, is what the author calls fear of the Lord. Now, it's important to understand that Proverbs was written in an ancient language. It was written in Hebrew. And when we translate certain words and certain concepts, we have to understand that there's not a perfect fit. So when the translators wrote this, they chose the word fear, fear of the Lord. And it's a good translation, but it misses some of the connotation that's in the original Hebrew. And so 
it's not talking about fear as in feeling a sense of anxiety or worry. It's not an emotional state of feeling threatened or being insecure. The, the word that's translated fear here has a sense of awe or reverence, of recognizing your limitations and your limited nature before someone and something that's greater than you. He says when you, the first step in understanding wisdom and pursuing knowledge and having true insight and understanding is to recognize that you are finite. You are limited. You cannot know everything. But there is a God who does know everything. You are limited. God is limitless. Your perspective doesn't see the whole frame. God sees and knows everything. And so the first step towards Gaining and understanding wisdom from a biblical perspective is to recognize that wisdom is not something that we gain or acquire from reading smart sayings from smart people. Wisdom is rooted in God himself. God is the source. He is the giver. He is the originator of what is good and true and right and perfect. And so if we want to seek wisdom from a biblical perspective, then that pursuit has got to be in line with, integral with a pursuit of God himself. The author says it's not enough to just go and read these sayings and try to do what they, they say to do. We have to integrate this in to a pursuit of God. Fear of the Lord, reverence for God, awe before the Almighty is referenced 15 times in the book of Proverbs. This is something that the author comes back to. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdoms. wisdom. Fools fail to show fear before the Lord. It's as if the book is just reminding us we don't find wisdom in the sayings themselves. The sayings point us to, towards something that is originating in God. Wisdom is something that exists apart from, separate from the sayings themselves. So that it's not there's anything wrong with the sayings, And it's not that there's anything wrong or unwise with the sayings of Ben Franklin or other smart or wise people. All truth is God's truth. If it's true, it's true. But we cannot separate the truth. We cannot separate wisdom from God himself because he is the originator and the giver. He is the one who grants us wisdom as we seek him. And so Proverbs is is unique in rooting its concept of pursuit of wisdom in a relationship with God. And when we begin a journey for wisdom, to seek wisdom in that place, we begin by acknowledging our own limitations. We begin by coming and saying, we need wisdom, we lack wisdom, we can't figure all of this out on our own. God, we need you to enter into the process. We need you to help us along the way. And I believe that this is the lifelong pursuit of wisdom that is integrated into the journey of faith and in the journey of developing a relationship with God. So as we start this sermon series, as we begin this journey together through the summer, I just wanna frame it in that way to invite you to begin contemplating what does the application of wisdom look like in your life? What would it look like for you to begin to pursue God and invite him into these complex situations that you face, which are as different and varied and complicated as are the people that are in this room? because we're all in different seasons of life and different stages of life and come with different complex problems. Though they're all human problems, they are all unique in their own way. What would it look like for you to begin to invite God into that, to begin to seek wisdom 
along with him to apply to these situations in your life. That's what we're gonna do this summer together, and that's what we're gonna do personally, hopefully along the way. So we've got a couple of ways that we're thinking about this, that we wanna do this. Um, First is on Sunday. Um, Sunday we'll gather together, and someone will come up here, and just like I have today, we'll open the book of Proverbs. And as we go along, we're gonna take a look at different verses that come from Proverbs that speak into situations and scenarios that are still as relevant today as they were 3,000 years ago. If you have questions about parenting, if you have questions about finance, if you have questions about relationships, if you have questions about how you communicate and talk to other people, if you have questions about or or problems with your family, it's all in there. It's all in the book of Proverbs. So we're gonna pull those verses out and we're gonna ask the question, what does wisdom look like? What do these verses point us towards? And God, how can you show us what that looks like in our life. We're going to do that together as a community. So I hope you'll be able to join us as much as you can. I know there's a lot of pent-up travel needs that are going to, that are going to be working themselves out this summer, and that's okay. But when you're in town, we hope you're with us. And if you're not, we hope you'll um, tune in on the podcast and track along with us. And then in addition to that, I want to invite you on a personal journey. Um, I'd like to invite you to consider reading through the book of Proverbs this summer. And there's a particular way that I'd like to ask you to go about reading the book of Proverbs. Often when we come to the book of Proverbs, if, you, if you've ever tried to read it before, or maybe you've gotten a reading plan, I think it's often about trying to get all the way through the book. And so you end up, um, there's, there's a very popular reading plan where there's 31 chapters, there's 31 days in the month, you can read one chapter a day and you'll be done in a month. But the problem is by the time you get to the middle of the book, each of these sayings is about something different. So you're, read, you're just sort of ping-ponging all over the place and you get to the end of the chapter and you're like, I'm not even sure what to do with any of that. It was so much. So I'd like you to consider reading along with us through the book of Proverbs this summer, but I want you to read for depth, not for distance. So I'd love for you to just read the book of Proverbs each day or a few times a week. And when you get to a phrase or you get to a thought or an idea that grabs you, just stop. Stop right there and begin asking, God, what what might you have to say to me in this? What is it about this verse that seems to stand stand out, to to leap out off the page and grab my attention? And what, what can I do about it? What is this pointing me towards in my own life? Is there an application of wisdom that I can apply? And to help in this process, we have, um, we want to make an offer, a gift to help you and an aid to help you through this process of reading, but it comes with a catch. So we have these beautiful, I forgot to bring one up again. I did this in the first service too. So out on the the table outside and our host team will have some, we have these beautiful little Proverbs uh, journals and it's just the book of Proverbs. That's all it is, but it's beautifully written so that on one side of the page um, are the verses and then the other side of the page is blank so that you can read through it. And as you hit one of those places where you begin to think, this is something I need to pay attention to. This is related to something going on in my life. You can just make some notes. Just make some notes and journal a little bit about your reflections about how that verse or that thought or that application of wisdom applies to you. So if you you want to take one, please do, but don't take it unless you're actually going to use it. I don't want it to just go home and sit on your shelf. Um, And if we run out, I'll buy more, more, but I don't want to be stuck with a bunch of books. So we didn't order a ton. Um, And so they're out on the table outside. I hope you'll consider grabbing one and making that commitment to go through the book this summer. And so as we we close up today, I want to invite you, whatever it looks like for you and however 
uh, you decide to do it, to, to pursue, begin pursuing wisdom or continue pursuing wisdom. Regardless of how long uh, we've been on this journey seeking God and seeking wisdom, we all have more to learn. So let's pray that God would beat us in this journey this summer as we seek wisdom together. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you that you are the source of all that is good and true and right and that you... Um, you meet us in the everyday of life. Um, that as we make space um, and time, as we come to the scripture, as we come to books like Proverbs and open our, our hearts and our minds to what you have to say to us, that you actually meet us in that process. And, and for the person who's maybe here today who um, hasn't experienced that or is skeptical about that or has gone through a season where you feel distant, I just pray that you'd give them the courage um, to this summer begin stepping into taking a risk and taking some time and making space um, to engage with you through the book of Proverbs. And as we seek wisdom, God, I pray that we would find um, you, the source, the giver, um, the grantor of, of wisdom, and that for all these complicated and difficult situations and circumstances that we find ourselves in, that we realize we would realize we don't face them alone. We face them with you and that you give us wisdom and insight and guidance to face them each day, each step of the way of our lives. We pray these things through the Son and by the Spirit. Amen.